Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Glib Shark, the podcasting madness of three people and the shark of their dreams. Our hosts include Jack Jenga Ship Edithel, Lauren Obo Crazy Urban, and Jonathan Roadblock Cerna. Dive in as they chat with interesting people across the internet and generally talk about really geeky things. Be a chum and join us, won't you? It's time for Glib Shark. You know, for this episode, I want to do something that I have not done in a while. Mm-hmm. And given the show's pedigree, even though we're called something different, I think this might be appropriate uh, for today of all days. Okay. It's Late Night Jenga Jam with your host, Jack Edithel. Tonight, episode 400. Wow. That's more episodes wow. than Knott's Landing. Featuring this week's Geek with Obo Crazy. And I'm your NASA Roadblock. And here's your host, Jack Edithel, who is not here right now. <laughs> Which is, is so appropriate for everything that I, I can't even. Like, this show... I'm shocked that we've survived 400 episodes, and it is due in no small part to the tenacity of one Jack Edithel, who is yes. at this moment being tenacious by restarting his laptop because he's having problems. But anyway, we'll have him back in just a little bit. But in the meantime, we have the lovely, the talented, the amazing Obo Crazy here to do a little something we call uh, This Week in Geek. How are you doing, Obo? I'm doing good. I'm once again Skype phoning in from work, so I only have a few minutes. But how could I miss the millionth episode of this show? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I had to be here. I actually did a little bit of searching. And uh, if you do not count the episode that I was on as a guest, the first episode I was on with This Week in Geek was episode 10. So... This Week in Geek is a long pedigree. And I was actually thinking of pulling up all of the stuff that I talked about on that This Week in Geek and just rehashing it. But then that also sounded lame. And I wanted to talk about something else. So first, we all know about the reboot of Ghostbusters with the all-female cast. Apparently, Sony decided that it would be a good idea to also make a male cast version. Because that makes sense. According to Deadline, a powerhouse collection of male talent is stumbling over themselves to make a male Ghostbusters movie. All male. Because, you know, how dare they have a female version of Ghostbusters after our male version of Ghostbusters. They're forming a new company called Ghost Corp. The head of the corporation is Ivan Reitman and Dan Aykroyd. Together, they will make a new Ghostbusters movie. The directors are already picked, and they're much loved to Joe and Anthony Russo. Um, There's been emails, and everyone's all excited about the great talent and everything. It, It just feels weird. It just feels like a weird timing. But who knows? Maybe it'll be awesome. Maybe we'll get all guy Ghostbusters and all girl Ghostbusters, and we'll have 
all Ghostbusters and then, you know, eventually they'll join powers and combine and form Captain Planet. I don't know. Whatever. I just want to see ghosts being busted. Um, from busting ghosts to Hulkbusters. <laughs> so uh, there's been a lot of hot toys coming out with the new Age of Ultron movie. And they, Hot Toys, the actual company, had released a whole bunch of figurines, super expensive, incredibly detailed figurines of all of the major players. They also released one of Tony Stark in the Hulkbuster armor. And then if that wasn't enough, they released an actual Hulkbuster statue. And no, I'm not talking about a little thing that you can put on your dash. I'm talking about one that's 9.8 feet tall. That's right. It's a giant statue the size of a Hulkbuster, and it's the Hulkbuster. Uh, assumably, this is for, like, companies who want to have this in their lobby, or game companies, or, or stuff like that. But hey, if you've got $21,500, you too can be the proud owner of a life-sized Hulkbuster Tony Stark piece of armor. Because why not? Who doesn't have $22,000 just, you know, burning a hole in their pocket for Avengers stuff? You never know. I think, though, if you're going to buy that, then you have to buy the giant-sized Hulk and have them on opposite ends of the room. Because that's just how it works. Uh, speaking of Marvel and superheroes and all that, finally, this has been a long time coming. Way back before the Super Bowl, Chris Pratt and Chris Evans had a little Twitter war because Chris Pratt is a Seattle native and Chris Evans is a, a Patriots native. And they kind of had fun going at it and they made a bet. And for those of you who've been living under a rock and didn't know what the bet was, wh whosoever's home team won the Super Bowl, the other superhero would don their costume and their jersey and come to their hometown and go visit a children's hospital. We all know the Patriots won. And so Pratt got dressed in his Star-Lord outfit and went on over to... Um, uh, I just lost the name. Oh, here we go. Christopher's Haven, which is a children's hospital, um, and wore a Patriots jersey and and basically brought joy and, and wonder to all the kids there. Well, this weekend, Chris Evans basically did the same thing. Showed up at Seattle Children's Hospital dressed in his full Captain America outfit with the shield, which I didn't even know he had, and visited a whole bunch of children at the children's hospital with Chris Pratt. And the two Chris's tromped all over the hospital and made kids deliriously happy and made adults swoon and just, you know, had a fun time being awesome. What you might not know is they also raised a ton of money. They raised nearly $27,000 in total donations for both hospitals. Uh, Children's Hospital in Seattle raised $15,000. Christopher's Haven raised close to twelve. dollars Basically, just because these two guys showed up and were awesome uh, and then tweeted the links to these hospitals, people used the links and donated money to those hospitals. So they didn't just show up and make kids feel good. They also raised practical funds to help out with these two amazing organizations. So uh, if you would like to feel like there is still real superheroes in the world, go look up the pictures of these two guys uh, doing what they almost it's it's like Captain America really did show up at a children's hospital after he's done punching Hitler because it's adorable. It's amazing. And kudos to those two guys for being adorable. That's all for This Week in Geek. I'm Oboe Crazy. And wow, three million episodes. <laughs> 
The world is indeed a strange place. If you have a fact you want read, live and on the air, say, for instance, a Hulkbuster armor possessed by a female ghost and a Hulkbuster armor possessed by a male ghost fighting each other, and only Chris Pratt and Chris Evans can stop it. That'd be an example. You can send it to Lauren at lauren at obocrazy.com. And while you're at it, you can go to our website, glibshark.com, full of past episodes of classic Jenga Jam era, modern Glib Shark era, every podcast era, and occasional other things we throw up on there, uh, like midnight reviews, blogs, pictures of random games, things of that nature. Glibshark.com, where all the cool kids are on gate. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi, Jenga. Great for you to have you back, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. Typical, right? 400 episodes in, my still can't get my my, my computer to cooperate here. It's uh, 30% complete, so I had to call in on my uh, my telephone here. So you're hearing me in uh, in sparkling 4G. So, oh, oh, w- was it updates or something on? I I don't even know. Like it's updated. I, I, like Skype was just frozen. Would not cooperate. I had to like basically restart it, and then the one the update wouldn't run. Like it just manually shut it down. So it's just reloading so i'm stuck on the phone until i can get this thing to work but at least i'm here yeah Skype couldn't even handle how many episodes we have i think you only get 399 episodes of podcast and they're like you know what you're gonna have to start paying us now <laughs> which could put a wrinkle well, on our plans and unfortunately with that i have to leave because i am still at work i'm still stuck in those doldrums but next week i will be on for the whole time so you gentlemen have a fantastic episode Thanks, Obo. We will try. And if you are out there listening right now and want to take part in episode 400, give us a call. What's that number, Jack? Ah, 215-486-2125. Or if you have Skype, call Jenga Ship, and we'll let you in on the conversation. But I was thinking about how long this thing has been going and how different the world was when two, in 2006 when I started. That eight years ago. Uh, so, okay, so... Iron Man had not come out yet, right? No Iron Man. So the Marvel Cinematic Universe was a gleam in some executive producer's eye, in Kevin Feige's eye. We are older than the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And what else was going on? Uh, We predate the Obama administration by about two years. Yep, yep. We were still... You know what? I'm not going to say any any commentary on that. I'm just going to say we were under a different president. Yeah, leave it at that. Um, <laughs> we we predate uh, all but one of my nieces who were born after the show started, and my godson was born after too. We predate a couple of marriages on the community, and then in my own family. Ah, uh, gosh, we predate the green revolutions, like all the rev- things like that. What, what else? Oh uh, man, most most if of you were media born too. in in uh, in two thousand and six, you are now able to walk around and talk. More or less. I mean, you probably still yell a little bit, and and you're not quite all rational, but you're you're becoming more realized of a person. Yeah. Weird. Really? So people, and then people who are like that age when the show started are now in college, or right, at least driving. Gosh, when yeah. people started when I started doing this podcast, the people that are now freshmen in college were like ten. Yeah. So putting it into perspective, and we pretty much predate like the ascent. I mean, Facebook was starting to climb up, but Twitter, I think we we predate by by a good by a good site. Yes, I, I it probably I think it started in two thousand six, 
And, but it only got big in 2008, 2009. Right, right. It, it did not get to its level of prominence until, until long after. And so much in the world has changed in terms of, for the good and, and for ill, I, I'd say globally it's an interesting time to be alive, which is that old ancient curse, you know, may you live in interesting times. We certainly do. Yep. But, uh, uh, on the plus side, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe and uh, Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. A Guardians of the Galaxy movie got made in the in the context of this show. And I was thinking about this. We There are some TV shows that we've outlasted in the time that we've been on. I, I did tweet out, or the, the account tweeted out, the Glipshark account, you can follow it, at Glipshark, uh, tweeted out a couple of notable examples. There were actually, there are a lot of shows that have a lot of episodes. It's, it's, yeah. it's uncanny. And I, I didn't list some that had only gotten to like 300, like Stargate, uh, Stargate SG-1. We outlasted. Wow. That was only uh, 10 years though, right? Yeah. Wow. But we had more episodes. We have more episodes. And because we were on every week without any hiatuses, more or less. Yeah. And we were on longer than the entire run of 30 Rock, longer than the entire run of Parks and Recreation, meaning we came on the air before them and we're on the air after them. They're no longer around. I hadn't considered that. Like an actual like years of show, the, the shows that we kind of sandwiched in. Yeah. And just in terms of all the different championships, like we've had, oh man, so eight times four, 32 different championship games for the four major sports and probably like 25 different champions. Yep. We've had like what? Uh, uh, 32 different bowl games in the BCS bowl era and then a national championship every year because that, that was also during the BCS era. Yeah, yeah, but college sports just don't count. No, just because you're from fucking <laughs> Philadelphia and don't have a dog in the fight does not mean that college sports does not count. Oh, man, I've been through two Philadelphia Eagles coaches, which doesn't seem like a lot, but considering how long Handy Reid stuck around. Well, while we're reminiscing, there's plenty of stuff to talk about right now. And, and again, since this is sports-related, we'll try and keep it brief, but what the fuck is going on? In, in Philadelphia specifically? In Philadelphia, in All San Francisco, in, everywhere. Like, DeMarco it's, Murray has not been called by the Cowboys. It's mad season. Yeah. This is, is the most insane offseason in the NFL I've seen in a while. And this is after one of the most insane trade deadlines in the NBA. Yeah. And what amazes me locally in Philadelphia is that, you know, Foles is gone, and now we have Sam Bradford and a bunch of low, like, we, I, I'm, I'm kind of baffled by this. So, so we that, have a second that, round. That it, that was official then that Sam Bradford is going to Philly. I think that's uh, it's all gone through. But uh, but I'm kind of amazed because like I'm not sure we got it. I think there's a long con. I had the trust in Chip because you know these are the trees there, but there's a whole forest. And I think there's a quote from him that says, "This is chess, not checkers." Technically speaking, it's football. So, oh, looks like I'm signed on here. Uh, Jonathan, give me a second. I'll be right back. I'm just going to go and say, like I said, it, uh, especially in San Francisco, when you're, where you're losing like a perennial workhorse of a running back, Frank Gore, and the Texans, where you're losing a uh, perennial uh, wide receiver, Andre Johnson, and both those guys are going to end up in uh, Indiana. I was actually talking to a friend of ours, uh, Lamikins, and he was talking about how he is now very worried for his hometown uh, New England Patriots because 
both those guys are going to end up in in uh, in Indianapolis. So Indianapolis is going to become even more potent than they had been. It's just yeah, uh, they're this crazy powerhouse that almost yeah, it, it's just absolutely nuts, absolutely insane. What's been going on? Oh man, Jack, did we lose you? Yep. Well, uh, while while that's getting resolved, it's like I said, it's just been a really, really nutty off season for the NFL, and I just I I really don't know what to make of it. It's like you get used to people being on teams, and I know in the new era of like salary caps and free agency, it's a lot more rare to have those guys who are on the team year after year who get drafted by a team and then retire on that same team. That really doesn't happen anymore. And it's just it, this, this particular offseason has been even crazier than normal. But uh, while we're waiting for Jack to get res- things resolved, and this is something that I kind of wanted to do. Um, and like I said, if you're out there and streaming, by all means, give us a call because we could we could use the it, right now. It's a little bit of an echo chamber because I am by myself, all alone, and with no one to help. We'll see if we can get Jack back here. I think I'm back. Yes, you're back. Yay. Okay. How do I sound? Okay. Not too bad. You sound all right. Excellent. Yeah. Sorry about that, guys. Magic of live radio, as I said many, many times on this broadcast. At least once or twice an episode. Yeah, I feel not not every episode. I'd say I average maybe average up to once an episode. So let's say four hundred. That's what I, that's what I was gonna say. Like it's a nice round number, right? Yeah, at four hundred is a great number. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, mad season with uh, with sports and everything like that. So we'll see how it goes with the sports ball. But uh, I want to talk a little bit about the friendships. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Okay, just making sure. I'm so afraid that I'm gonna cut off and everything it's kind of amazing i want to talk about all the rigs we've gone through when this show started i was just a kid with a cell phone calling into basically a conference call recording recording service that put an am radio quality um call like audio file mp3 out on on uh, itunes on in the uh, in the music store i guess back as it was called back then and it was just me talking to my friends and I think we've come full circle to that. Like, I think for the most part, we talk to people that we know that we're interested in, in talking to. And we've had some, you know, big guests. But from the talk shoe technology, we moved on to Ustream where, you know, Jonathan and I guess Josh built the rig pretty much to, to do our show. Where we got a much more higher quality sound and actual occasional pictures to accompany our, our, our podcast back in 2010. And then we moved on to Twitch, which is kind of similar but much less advertising than than Ustream. A which lot I think our fans appreciate. Yeah. I, I mean it's it's amazing the difference. And and the ads are a lot less obtrusive. Intrusive? I do words. All the above. And, yeah. And it it's just worked out a lot better. And I'm really hoping that we get to stick with this platform for a while. Yeah. I, we've managed to stick with it for a bit and I really don't want to have to go anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. We're like the uh, podcast vagabonds just going from place to place every three years or so. <laughs> just just going to what screws us less with that. It's actually what screws our, our uh, listeners less with that because, quite frankly, it's the reason why we changed from Switch or from 
Ustream, I don't even know, remember what it was called, to Twitch was because of uh, feedback that we were getting. So both that's why we pulled the trigger and, that, and that's why that happened. Both feedback from both our audience and actual feedback from the equipment they were using at any given time. Oh, God. That, yeah. that, was, that was a chore and a half trying to narrow hey, do you remember, that. Do you remember Crazy Echo? Yeah. We, we still get it every once in a while. Shh. They don't know that. Shut up. I don't know why we're whispering. <laughs> but, uh, but, man, like not just the uh, technology – that we've uh, had for the show, but all of the different guests and, you know, it's sort of that thing we do every hundred episodes or so, just sort of fillet ourselves and drop all the famous names. I'm not going to do that this time. Hannah Hart, Brothers Chaps, um, Kate Beaton, so on and so forth. Not doing that this time. No Bernie Burns. Yeah, but what I will do is talk about the sort of glib shark slash Jenga jam effect where when they, we had friends on the show, Particularly the ones who were like most talented, most driven. We just happened to catch them as their star was rising. And there's more than a few examples of that. Yeah, and it's, it, it, it's been really cool to see some of those guys and gals kind of grow up in, in front of our eyes and then go on to, to stuff that's really, really, really big, which, yeah. is, which is really awesome. We got a decent crowd in the uh, in the chat there. If you guys have any questions, I have it open now. I'm back to uh, to normal, as far as I can tell. I am not listening to the chat or paying attention because I, those chat guys, guys and no doubt gals are jerks. I don't know why I'm saying that, but I am. If jerks. if you have anything you want me to say or any questions on there or me things to relate a roadblock, let me know and I okay, will pack, gleefully. Let's, read them. let's let's do something real quick. Okay, Jack, I want you to only communicate. In what comes in in the chat, the only things you can say for the next oh, we'll just say a couple minutes. We won't say that long. Next three minutes have to come from the chat. So if you're listening and you want to speak through Jack Edithel, if you want to possess Jenga ship, now's the time to do it. Roadblock cannot words. <laughs> I don't know who that was from, and I don't care. I can words, and I words really well. Up, down, left. Roblox butt is amazing, and I want to touch it. Butts. <laughs> I, Jack, coming from you, that means a lot. I, I, I have seen you uh, admiring the goods here. Roadblock smells. Oh, why would you go and praise my ass and then tell me that my ass smells? You're Roadblock. a horrible person. Roadblock is made of chorizo. I know who that is. That was Dop. I wish he, I wish he, uh, damn these rules that I just made up because now you can't confirm or deny my guesses. You have a lot of yeast. I don't know who that is. Oh my god. I I do I do tend to rise and rise quickly. Wink. I have a lot of yeast as well. Oh god, I don't think I want to know. <laughs> Hopefully it's for baking. <laughs> Roadblock's yeast has a lot of butt. <laughs> Does Roadblock even know he's bored? Oh my god, I I don't I fucking know who that is. Okay, quick story. So right before we came on here, I got to talk to Schraver and a bunch of those guys uh while we were playing Destiny, and apparently that phrase bored is implying that I am stupid, which I am not. I love tiny pale girls who ride rainbow ponies. Why, Jack? I had no idea. 
Does Undo know this? Roadblock is wrong. It was not who he thinks it was. Still chorizo. <laughs> All right, Jack. I think that's probably enough for now because I actually do want to want to mention something real quick. And it but was before you do, let me tell you who it was about the chorizo. It was okay. uh, mo- our dear friend Motor City Vicky. Oh, and- okay. I, it's been a while since I've since I've had chorizo with Vicky. So Dop was probably the most recent person I had chorizo with. That's why I thought it was Dop. Yeah. Well. I can't blame you. That was a fun exercise. You got to read things in my uh, ultra-articulate voice actor kind of voice. You did. Oh, speaking of which, um, we'll, we'll get to Pactonese in just a second. But I found out that uh, my work has a Toastmasters uh, uh, deal. I think I oh, mentioned wonderful. that. But did you go to the open is, house? The meeting is tomorrow. I thought it was last week. Okay. And we got iced out. So I wasn't able to actually go to work. And I was like, oh, man, I, I can't believe I'm going to miss this. And then I... I read the date again, and I was like, oh, okay, so it's actually tomorrow, which I'm really looking forward to. You're just talking about articulate voices and whatnot. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, I I have a speech on Friday that I'm giving. I'm going for ribbon number seven, I believe, towards my competent communicator. We're giving, like, Toastmasters a lot of free press these these days. We really are. But, uh, But, yeah. It's kind of neat. It's a fun thing to do. And I think if they have the opportunity, definitely do the table topics. I, I, I want to hear how it goes. Well, we, you're talking about table topics. I'd, re- I'd like to talk about tabletop things. Gaming. That was gaming. And so let the, me the weekend that I fucking missed. Yeah. I, you know, so Nika Harper, uh, Nikasaur, uh, actually I saw her just hanging out in the lobby of the Weston. And I knew it was her. So I said – I saw that you uh, texted me. And I, saw, I texted you and I, I saw her and then you said, tell her I said hi. And then I said, excuse me, are you Nico Harper? And she said, yes. And I have a message for her. And I just showed her phone like, and then Jonathan Cerna, who's that? And I said, roadblock. It's like, oh, yeah. So and then I that conveyed girl. the message that, you know, she misses you and she loves you and uh, she's sad you, she couldn't come. Yeah, I actually saw her at PAX South. So that was actually like normally between PAXs, it's like this vast gulf of time. But fortunately, PAX South wasn't that long ago. So even though I'm really sad that I didn't see people like Jamie and Nika and, and all of those guys that I missed, sure. um, there is still some time to RTX. So I will see a lot of those guys there. And, and anyone I didn't see, won't see it at RTX, I would have seen at PAX South. And actually, a, that PAX South and RTX, I think, is going to have a lot of crossover. So... Mm. A lot of those guys are going to be are going to be in the same deal. But yeah. uh, like I was saying, I, I, when I was talking to Shraver and Lammy and uh, and Noobs and Lauren earlier, uh, they they were regaling us with some stories from from PAX. I did not know that you did not get my pass. Yeah, unfortunately, it didn't come. It became like a whole thing. Luckily, you know, I was staying with Connor, actually Dark Bowler, and uh, he was an exhibitor working the booth, so he had a three-day pass that I was able to use for the one day that I was at PAX. So I, I got in like late. It was an abbreviated PAX for me. I had to work, so I took a half day on Friday, flexed their week, drove to uh, Boston, got there on 8 o'clock, went to the side quest thing, and if you see my picture on my Twitter, I won this amazing uh, marshmallow peep bunny that smells like marshmallows. And uh, props to Boston Poke for putting that whole thing together for side quest. It was a lot of fun. I got yeah, to be thanks. the uh, RTOG, basically. And uh, yeah, thank you, Lord, my old madness over everybody. So uh, my, I guess my next question would be, did Martha and Silas make it to the side quest thing? Uh, they did not come to the side quest thing. As a matter of fact, and I'm kind of bummed about this, I did not see them the entire weekend. I knew they were there, but I just really, Yeah. 
The two big I saw almost everybody that who came. The two big exceptions, of course, were Martha and Silas, and also Kyle Gatto. And I was kind of bummed about Kyle too, but I figured he was working it. So like, it's hard unless you plan something specifically. Like, there's a difference between Pax East you go to and Jonathan and Pax East you don't go to. When you go, there's at least a chance that people can get together. You have this like magnetic energy. You're like our Coulson. You know, we're able to come together over a common cause when you get hurt or something. Yeah, but but when but when I'm not there, the Avengers don't don't form. We don't assemble. Yeah, it's just we all go and do our own things. I was lucky to find people, and I found them. I didn't hang out with a lot of people. I saw you know Schraver and Lammy and Mike Toronto and uh, Connor, of course, Jamie and Casey and Amy and uh, Travis, of course. But the person I got to hang out with the most was uh, Paul Phoenix Rage, sort of this legendary like totem of. Uh, of RVBTO goodness and just warmth and just a fun guy to be around altogether. I'm really happy I got this weekend just to hang out and catch up with Paul because yeah, we haven't I, seen him in a while because of Germany. I have seen him in a while. I think because he hasn't been at the last couple of PAX Eases, East. Yeah, and he because definitely Germany. hasn't been to – yeah, because of Germany. And he definitely hasn't been to the Toronto events. So I think the last time I saw him was like I want to say RVBTO 2010, like not even the last one, like 2011, like – I think right. it was 2010 that I last saw Paul. I think so too because like I think one time I saw him at one of the RTXs. I'm oh, not RTX. I'm the one of the PAX Easts. But uh, for the most part, we it's been a couple of years, so it was really cool to have a chance to sort of hang out with him. You know, just yeah, catch up, trade stories of you know OGness, walk through Boston, trying to like figure out where people are. And then the one thing I didn't miss, didn't miss about Boston, is how all the clubs kind of fill up and they have how they have bouncers, bouncers and stuff like that, and low occupancy, and cover charges. Ah, disgusting. Yeah. And you know, I'd rather go to Austin any day that we can find a really cool bar that's chill, you know, and that doesn't cut charge a cover. But Boston bar hate, notwithstanding. Um, Boston people, Boston conventions, people who go to packs, they're pretty awesome. Yeah. And uh, I got a chance to basically hang out with Connor and I believe Chelsea from Rooster Teeth. And uh, Schraver and Lammy and Toronto and everybody. So, I had not. Uh, and Paul. I had not met Chelsea, and yeah. Schraver just ju- just had nothing but nice things to say about her. Uh, so that's cool. I'm she's I'm super looking- cool. She, she's she's neat. I like her. Yeah, and uh, and actually, speaking of Schraver, he did send me a little bit of swag that I uh, that I mentioned on Twitter. Uh, he sent me a League of Legends skin that I actually was interested in. Like, it's a character I don't play very much, but I'm planning to play a little bit more. And it was a skin that I was like, oh, well, that's cool. And then I got it. I'm like, oh, hey, that's really cool. So I posted about it on Twitter. And another person who was at PAX East that I did not realize was going to be at PAX East was uh, Corey, Jericho941. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw her. Uh, she tweeted at me that, oh, I guess I have an extra now. Meaning that she was planning on giving me one of her extras, which huh. just kind of warmed my cockles a little bit. That was that was by far the the only consolation prize from not being there was getting all the messages saying, uh, "Hey, we wish you were here," and that just that meant a lot. So one of the cool things I was able to do while sort of meandering around the con was sort of hang out on the artist alley. And I've learned my lesson. I love Scott Kurtz's work, but for some reason, I always put my foot inside my mouth every time I talk to the man. So I've learned really how to do. disrespect him from afar. You really but Chris do. Straub and I are pretty cool. Like, I got a chance to talk to him, and he, Casey was there, and me and Paul were just sort of shooting the breeze for a little, for a little while. That's cool. Yeah. I, didn't, did, I don't think I've gotten the opportunity to say what exactly went wrong with my trip. Yeah. So uh, Nika mentioned that there was something more to it. So, uh, so divulge. Let me know. Okay. Oh. So – 
and it's nothing salacious or anything or, or anything like that. So my trip was kind of built on a house of cards. Also, I took the opportunity to finish House of Cards. We might have to have a spoiler cast on that later on. Agreed. So next week, you know what? We, next week we'll, before the show, we'll record a spoiler cast for House of Cards Season 3. I'm good with that. All right. And if, you, if anyone out there wants to join us for a third voice, uh, we, we'd love to have you. But anyway, so the plan was to fly into Washington, D.C., uh, visit some friends there, and then... This was on Thursday, so I'd fly in at, at about 1 o'clock, then kind of tour uh, the National Mall, maybe see Arlington, because I haven't seen Arlington National Cemetery in a long time. I haven't, I haven't, sight, I haven't sightseen in Washington in a long time. Hmm. And then, like I said, meet up with a friend, and then go and catch this train to Boston. So once I was in Boston, I was going to do packs, and then I was going to fly back out from Boston. So here's what happened. When my flights got canceled, the airline could only rebook me for where I was going. Which in getting there was D.C. Now, D.C. I probably could have gotten into. It might have been a little bit later, but I may have been able to get there. The problem was the train. I needed to be able to catch that train to get to Boston. And... As quickly, not only was getting to Washington not certain uh, because of the weather and because of where I was coming from, uh, our airport was also having problems. Um, the seats for those flights filled up very quickly. So they could have probably gotten me to Washington on Friday, which would have not helped at all. When around Friday? Friday morning, Friday afternoon? Uh, it, basically, at that point, I, I wouldn't have been able to get to Boston from, from D.C., Wait, why not? Like, uh, what time? Friday? Friday night? Uh, any, basically, it would have cut short the time that I would have had. I would have been spending most of the weekend traveling instead of being at PAX. I, I can understand that. That's fair. Like, so, I'm saying, the reason I say is because, like, Boston, Washington, D.C. is not terribly far from where I am. I could have always come and got you. Uh, it's far enough. And it sounded like you had problems enough getting there. And, yeah, I guess. Uh, it's, it's what, like two hours south? It's, yeah, two and a half hours. So I mean, it's not been, too bad. It would have been a four or five hour uh, trip to come get me. And then the, what, eight, nine hour trip? But you to, know what? I, I would have done it because like one power friendship and two, I have this podcast called Rachel and Miles Explain the X-Men that I'm kind of obsessed with right now that, uh, that would have powered me through it. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, I spent nine and a half hours driving from Austin to Oklahoma City right. through some stuff. I was kind of gun shy about about any more travel issues. And that's reasonable. I guess and, it's... And, and booking the, a ticket directly to Boston would have been cost prohibitive. Right. Uh, un, unlike, unlike certain members of some production companies that we know, I don't have a corporate card that I can just rebook and then expense out or, or rebook and then it's just a travel expense. I, I don't have that. So it would have been... It, it was cost prohibitive to get out to, to Boston. It diminishing would, returns. Exactly. Well, that's fair. But I, I kind of wish we had this conversation beforehand. I, I might have been able to at least. Um, it, was, it was during a time when I was like really flustered and angry. I don't I know that it would have been a productive conversation. Fair enough. Robot because mad, was, robot smash. Yeah, it was like, uh, uh, and, and there, are some, there are some benefits that will come out of it. I mean, I did get my flight money back. Um, I did 
talk to Connor and and uh, keep up my share of the room so I didn't screw you or Connor. Hopefully, yay! Speaking um, of which, I gotta get you some money. Yeah, <laughs> or just or just get you back at the hotel for uh, event name redacted. For event name redacted, sure. Uh, but uh, that actually no, not not a bad idea. Um, but uh, anyway, so that's kind of my sad tale. And if I had been flying in directly to Boston, I probably could have made it. But the the side trip to DC was important enough to risk everything. And actually, I didn't think it'd be a risk. I thought it was just traveling. But uh, it, it and it wasn't. It, it, it's just when you have shitty travel and you have interesting travel plans, then it, it one wrench thrown in kind of derails the whole thing. What but the odd PAX East year curse could have caused a cloud okay, the size you know what? the size of Canada? That curse. Like it took Winter Storm Thor to keep me away from PAX 2015. So that means that 2011 missed, 2013 missed, 2015 fuck you missed. God damn it. And it's like, and, and uh, for, for all I know, it's going to be as easy as pie to get to, to get to PAX East Next year. 2016. Hey, oh, my thing's the opposite. Like, I always tell myself, you know what? I think this year I need to take it easy. I got a pretty busy travel schedule. Maybe I'll miss PAX East this year. And, you know, and then it always just falls in my lap. It always just happens. I found out you're coming. And then I'm like, yeah, let me come. And honestly, if, I, if you hadn't become, if I had to come at all, I might not have made this trip. Because you're half of the reason I go out to these things, to be honest. Yeah. But it's cool to see other people. I mean, it's cool to see the events and stuff like that, but the, the gaming standpoint and everything like that, it's neat to see people. That's really the reason I go. Like, the gaming news and stuff like that and the games, I don't really go so much for that. Although, those are there. Which, by the way, makes me a terrible person to cover these events these days. I, I actually learn about the stuff that I'm interested in after the weekend. Like, I know last PAX East, they had a Firaxis panel. Where they announced uh, uh, Civilization Beyond Earth, yeah, and had a big trailer and everything, and I would have loved to be at that, but I just I was like, oh, for Axis panel, there's not going to be anything interesting. I mean, okay, Civ Five or or XCOM. All right, I own both the, those games. I played both those games. I'm not really that interested. And it wasn't until after I found out, oh, there was this major announcement and a trailer. I'm like, oh, fuck me. So I was I was a little bit more careful. I was going to go to the Firaxis panel this year. I think I still would have missed some of the big events. Like, I don't think there's any way I was getting in to see the Overwatch, like, if there was an Overwatch panel. I definitely wouldn't have stood in line to play Overwatch. I would have just watched people play. I may have stood in line to play Dreadnought because it would have been the third packs in a row that I went to and did not play Dreadnought. And everyone's just raving about that game. So I feel like I should sometime play it. There is one uh, juicy tidbit that I was able to catch when I was there. So I didn't do a whole lot of panels. I did the uh, make a panel panel, which is always fun. You know, get, you know, Jerry and Mike are just awesome. And then the other panel I went to was the Thornwatch panel with uh, our friend Jamie and then Mike and Kiko. And who was the other guy's name? Anyway, so, so I remember we, we played this time last year. We were playing uh, the, one of the Thornwatch betas. Yes. And they actually played through a round of the combat, and not much has changed, although some things are changing. Uh, but it looks like, you know, once that Kickstarter is up and running, it looks like this game will be good to go once it's funded. Yeah. I actually – oh, I did not know they were funding it with the Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense. And, you know, I don't mind it so much. It's like 
I know that unlike a lot of you know places, once Penny Arcade makes good on that funding, they're it's actually going to happen. They have the manpower. They have the personnel. Like the fact that you know Jamie has the hand in Dornwatch that she does, like gives me nothing but confidence. And the fact that they've been working on this for a long time. This is anything new. This has been in the works for a couple of years now. Penny Arcade's legit. They're when they do things, they do things right. Thank you, Q. Yeah, I. I actually had that reminder for that panel pop up on my phone on Friday while I was at work. Oh, that was Saturday, actually. Was it Saturday? It was Saturday. That's right. I was, what was I doing on Saturday? I, I was doing something and I saw it pop up and I'm like, oh, yeah, sad face. But, but yeah. uh, we do have a caller. Oh, cool. Caller. You are on Glib Shark. Hello. Shraver. Man, we actually talked about this on Boston about you calling in. Yeah, yep, made it home in time, jumped on. God, you sound better than we do. Your, your equipment's legit. Oh, and a uh, little bit of music here and there ends you up with some good equipment sometimes. That's cool. We Shraver and I were actually uh, doing a couple of Nightfall uh, strikes in Destiny right before we hopped on. Sweet. Does he sound this, like, smooth when he's on, on there? Uh, God, no, no, his... Uh, he, his, his Xbox mic doesn't quite have the bass pickup that it does. <laughs> All about around that. with the default headset. Yeah. All about that bass. But no, very cool. I mean, so you're doing some music stuff, huh? Yeah, just about uh, ready to start up with my buddies again to try to get something new going. We're out searching for another bandmate and then we're going to try to write some original stuff coming up here in a bit. Just a bit of a busy time being you know end of winter cutting into spring it's it's busy for a lot of people just me because pax is every year this time so sure absolutely so what did you do like at pax any any kind of panels what was your favorite thing oh geez uh hanging out with everyone of course is just my bread and butter of going to pax it's the thing i look for waking up getting out of bed and then partying all night Uh, i only went to two days this year as opposed to three Mm -hmm. So I cut out Sunday and we went to the aquarium, which I've never been to, which was fantastic and fun. Nice. I've never been to the Boston Aquarium before. I think one of these years I'm just going to go for one day and then use the other two days to sort of like do some sightseeing stuff. Yeah. To be honest, uh, partying on Saturday with everyone and then getting up hungover and going to see some fish and awesome turtles was probably the best hangover cure. <laughs> oh, gosh. I can imagine. And then not only that, but like that was daylight savings day. So we got like – we got j- – screwed out of like one hour of drinking time slash sleeping time oh uh, yeah because it was like 1 a.m and then all of a sudden everyone looked at their phones and was like well it's three yeah. by the time <laughs> yeah by the time we got back like connor and i i think like it went from like that you know 159 to like three o'clock yep. so while you guys were screwing around at a bar at, at the change from figuratively speaking est yeah at the change from est to edt i was actually in destiny playing a raid with some dudes from the Comic book movie thread slash Stargate fan thread alliance. And basically what they are is a long time ago, these two threads got together to say, you know what? We want to play Halo. There's a lot of uh, cross-pollination between the two. And we want a place where we can talk Halo without disrupting the conversation in either thread. So the this group was born. And they had been talking about doing a raid for a little while. And a couple of guys had never done a raid. So I'm sitting there kind of like oh, I had just got done watching the Knights share of, uh, of the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which everyone who has Netflix should watch because it's wonderful and awesome and, and the best. Uh, 
so I see that our friend, uh, Crazy Boy John Sharp, Pat, is on. And he is in a group with some of those guys. And I'm like, hey, I send him a text. I'm like, hey, do you guys need a fifth? And they're like, yes, please. So I hop on and I help them through not one, but two raids, both normal mode raids in Destiny. We started at 10 o'clock my time and ended at about three o'clock, actually four o'clock our time as well. So about five hours for both raids. And it was a ton of fun. I, again, the consolation prize doesn't quite match up with, with what I missed, but it was very gratifying to help those guys and and provide just a little bit of raid leadership for them. So that's what I was doing at that time. A lot less losery. <laughs> Man, that's that's fantastic. And uh, and Traver, it's been a while. I think what's the last time you called into Clip Shark? Oh geez. Uh, Maybe when it was I, no, I would remember it his was, mic. He has never called in Clip Shark. It was a long time ago because I still have you on my Skype. It, it might have been the Jenny Jam era then. Probably. Yeah. Oh, it was definitely. <laughs> Jeez, I'm thinking four years, maybe three years ago. That definitely Jenga Jam era then. And it's interesting because this is actually technically the hundredth episode since we we've named. So it's te- like another thing to celebrate. So it's like a hunt four hundred, one hundred, then one hundred after that. So happy hundredth anniversary, Glib Shark. You guys have to change uh, your name upon the quarter of the total next time. So I guess what eight hundred? Um, or no, I think three hundred, three hundred under Jenga Jam. So I think we get to do the three hundred under Gloob Shark, <laughs> and then three hundred under the Jack, Jonathan, and Lauren Smile Time Variety Hour. <laughs> uh, can we revisit that name when the time comes? <laughs> we got time. We're okay. okay. We got like we got a little 200 bit two hundred episodes. And that's crazy. Like we're not terribly far from 500. And part of me thinks that like as long as I like talking to my friends and recording it and putting it online, I never have to stop. You know what you have to do for 500? Stop. Get everyone in one house to a roundtable discussion like live. Oh, that's my like, God. We, with camera and everything. Uh, the the problem great. is logistics and it's always been logistics. And and we might have to do that like – Maybe next time we're all together, record the 500th episode, but it's not the 500th episode. It's whatever we decide to record it. <laughs> and so we just <laughs> make up like random stuff about the future. It's like, how about these grizzle phones? <laughs> wow. The great bear pandemic of lower Alaska. Well, that was a thing. <laughs> oh, man. Who would have thought that Chris Claremont would start writing the X-Men again and that'd be, it'd be super good? No quota asked, none given. That's a joke only I would get. I That's cool. Say. Too much, Rachel and Miles. I guess we could say uh, we we could also say, "Wow!" And UA Bowl getting that Academy Award. Who saw <laughs> that coming? Oh man! And Tommy Wiseau for Best Actor in the Room Two. Oh, and man, then about Nico winning all those Grammys. No, Grammys don't mean very much. So I'd almost think less of Nico if he won one. That's not true. That that's kind of true, but not really. <laughs> He oh, would man. beat you with a baguette if he heard you talking like that. <laughs> He'd do it anyway, Sneeko. But man. So, uh, so Shraver, um, I know I've kind of taken a break from Destiny for a little bit. And, and there have been some changes which, which have kind of brought me back, kind of revis- revisiting things. Are you, did you like have any kind of like, hiatus or kind of break in uh since 
the Dark Below dropped? Yes. Uh, I came to the realization about maybe three weeks ago or so that I was unintentionally taking a break and that I decided I should just take an actual break. It, it had gotten to the point where everything had just slowed and everyone switched over to Crota hard mode and I do not have fun in Crota. It's just not for me. It doesn't have the, you can kind of passively talk and laugh and enjoy fun times that any of the Vex provide in the Vault of Glass. So when everyone stopped doing Vault of Glass and switched over, and I mean, we hadn't raided up till like last week in almost a month or so. I was just like kind of popping in doing weeklies and that was it. I was like, I guess I'm taking a break. So all I do is just pop in for weeklies. But I mean, it's good. I've been playing nonstop since it, the game dropped. So uh, I just downloaded Grand Theft Auto 5 on there. Heists are out now, which I guess means we're going to try to do something. Uh, there's a couple games I got uh, out at PAX. Uh, I've, I've got more entertainment and I just popped back in Rock Band like three weeks ago. And man, has there been an announcement about that lately? Oh so. God, let's let's talk about that for a sec. Jesus, I mean, I I am really curious to see how this is going to work because, as far as I know, I mean, obviously, uh, Harmonix has an idea of which DLC I own, and they have said numerous times that all that DLC is going to be available on the next gen platforms for for whichever one you do. I I'm like I said. I am really curious to see how they do that. I'm curious if they're going to incorporate all of the instruments or just the classic two guitars, singing, and drums. Or I, I'm sure they'll have keys. I actually feel really bad because my keyboard has been gathering dust next to my TV for a, a lot longer than I'd like to admit. <laughs> yeah, I did um, not bother to move my, uh, my equipment, Mark Band equipment, when, uh, when I moved. But maybe now I should. It should still work, right? Oh yeah, I well, I guess it'd be a new system though, right? Uh, uh, well, it's all USB, so it's all USB, that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it should all work in theory. Well, uh, because there's a, well, I don't know because they're essentially 360 controllers, and so I, I'm sure, I, I'm sure they may work. I don't know. I don't know how they do that. I, it seems like a dick move to have to buy new stuff. And, and again, like the DLC, they want to make sure that you can use your old stuff. So I'm, I'm almost positive that the, that the, are, are the Xbox One wireless transmitters and receivers different than the 360? I would think they would be. I do not know, actually. A little insight on that, though, uh, about a month, maybe five and a half weeks ago or so, they put out... Uh, on their Twitter, a a poll, like a, a little survey to do, and one of the main first questions they said was, "Would you would you like your old instruments from Xbox 360 to carry over to Xbox One? How important is that to you?" So apparently, the options there, otherwise they wouldn't even have it in their questionnaire. Well, maybe it's they're trying to get some direction in where to go. Like they could come up with an adapter that would have like a single USB plug into the three into the one, but have ports or, and a wireless receiver for the other instruments. That would be smart. Actually, that would be very smart for the fact that I remember playing rock band at my friend's house when three dropped and then there was compatibility for three mics. And even in two, it was a problem getting the drums, the two guitars and a mic in. You had to have a hub then, but man, you, you rock in two other mics for 
the backup harmonies and you're you're in a world of trouble. So if they pulled out like us, a, like a round hub with like maybe seven slots in it, that might be their best bet anyway, to right. be honest. And then they could have some sort of interface uh, with all that. I, I'll be, I'll be actually be interested to see what sort of, uh, what sort of capabilities like smart glass would have. Like if that could be not only a means by which you could get voice into the game, but also maybe be an instrument all on its own. Like, could you imagine a harmonics app or a rock band app where it would be an instrument? Uh, I could see it being something like an add-on. Uh, you can get like Digifex processors for like your guitar to put on some like wah or some phaser or something like that. Or, even or maybe like, yeah, or uh, maybe like uh, have a, an overtone processor for like the keyboard so you can put on these like grand piano effects or something or turn it into an organ or something like that. That would be really cool. Just a lot of possibilities. Like, and actually, some stuff that I hadn't even thought of until I was kind of bouncing stuff around with you guys. Because, like, when the announcement dropped, it was just like, oh, hey, DLC and our own instruments. Cool. That should be pretty straightforward. But now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it won't be. And hopefully, in order to kind of reignite everyone's, uh, everyone's ambition in this game, Maybe they do have to go above and beyond, not only with the hardware, but also it's, like I said, it's compatibility with uh, mobile devices and all that. Even Dying Light had an app, even though it was terrible. <laughs> I mean, I, and I say it's terrible because I couldn't, like, I tried to sign up for the Dying Light app and my phone screen did not have the resolution for me to see what was wrong with the password I had chosen. Like the little, oh, hey, you have to do, this is wrong with your password or you're not following these like rules was off to the side and off the screen. And it was, I couldn't rotate my screen to, to get a different angle on it. And I couldn't like swipe over and see what the error was. So I was just like, I'm not going to use this. You know, I, if it's not going to work with my phone, I don't have a tablet. So I'm just not going to use this, this app. That's pretty rough. Yeah, but at least Dying Light was a good game. That's on my list of stuff to get eventually. Yeah, It, it is actually pretty fantastic. I played it uh, co-op up until the end with Izzy, and it was a lot of fun. I even made this dumb video uh, with uh, Throwing Stars. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. If you get to play that game, make as many exploding thro Throwing Stars as you can, because not only are they one of the more effective weapons in the game, they're also fun as fuck. Words like, to live by. Yeah, it, but but good game, excellent game. Hmm. Well, that's cool, Shaver. We're really glad you could join us. Oh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, definitely. Well, we got about four minutes left in the four uh, hundredth episode, spectacular. Or is it going to bleed into the the Budcast? I think we we do a hard cut, and then we do a Budcast one hundred, and, and it won't be that long. It'll only be like twenty minutes or so. Okay, I can I can deal with that. But man, uh, so 400 episodes in, and honestly, I have I have no signs of slowing down or stopping. This is fun to do, and I think the show is always at its best when we get a few people in on the conversation, just people that we know, people we like to talk to. When it's less, I mean, interviews are cool, but I kind of like it when it's just me talking to somebody I know for a long time and catching up. And I feel like the listeners sort of listening to a conversation like that, and that's kind of what I went was going for when I started doing the show. And I like to think that we put something out there that is enjoyable for people to take. Uh, with them to the gym or on the road or just at home listening. Yeah, absolutely. And I think going forward, you can expect more of that. Uh, maybe fewer guests, which in, in the last few years you, you've seen anyway, 
yeah. and just more more conversations like this and maybe even a, a more nebulous conversation. Like we'll have points that we want to bring up and, and topics that we want to discuss. Sure. But a lot of it is just going to be, hey, what, what, what happened this week and and how does it relate to our experiences? And you'll probably you'll probably hear a story or two. It's and that's a, definitely the uh, the um, direction we want to go going forward. And it's us just riffing, and I think that's where we're at our best. It's very much the story of Jack Edithill and Jonathan Cerna and Lauren Urban and the people in our lives and around us and the Rooster Teeth community in general. I think we're kind of one of the the main document primary documents of that whole phenomenon, and I think it's really cool to be able to be able to say that. Uh, real quick though, we do have one last caller. Oh, cool. Last caller. You are on Glib Shark. Hello. Long Noobs. time fan. First time caller. Hi. Hello. Hell. He sounds like a nerd. Yeah, you should probably boot me. He's a nerd. Well, thank you. Oh, man. I, I figured I'd just hop. I was going to hop on for the buckcast, but I figured I'd just hop on now and congratulate you guys on 400 episodes. So, yeah. Thank you very much. It's. It's glad we have people listening still. I mean that people are still interested even after all this time of what we have to say and what we're doing and hoping we make you laugh every once in a while or just make you groan or make you feel alive. Like if you are in pain over how bad one of my puns is, then you're feeling alive and then that's something, right? I'm evoking some kind of reaction. Negative, yeah. <laughs> pain is a thing that happens, yes. Hey, hate is a feeling. <laughs> I'll take it, you know. But, uh, but man, like, so the future is is bright and it's great. And we always talk about doing other things. But really, I think anything that we do is going to grow out of this. And I feel like even now, I kind of want to get some sort of T-shirt going, like for real. I, we've been trying to push that T-shirt dream on that horizon. I feel like I need to do the heavy lifting on this. So uh, so let us know uh, by tweeting at Shark if you'd buy a T-shirt or not. Oh, I'm sure they buy T-shirts from us. We just have to make sure they're awesome. If they're awesome, then then they'll they'll they will shop Glib Shark if if we have good stuff to have. Indeed. But uh, Jonathan, did you have anything else to anything else you wanted to say? In the, uh, uh, the no, main not hour? really. I think uh, I think Jack, it, it has been, and and this isn't any kind of like finality or anything like that. I mean, it's been an honor, and it's been so much fun getting to do this. I I came on. The show proper, what, episode 216 or something like that? I think it, you were before the – yeah, I would say about like around that. I think 2010 is when you started being the, part of the show proper. But I think 2009 you were calling in on a fairly regular basis. Yeah. And uh, and it like I said, it just been, it, it's just been a roller coaster ride. I've had tons of tons of fun and uh, and I've learned a lot. I, I Actually, I've learned a lot by doing this show and – doing our panels and taking pictures and taking video. I, there, there are things that I figured out that I would have never, never even tried to do. And, and it's been an absolute pleasure. So thank you, Jack, for, for giving a kid a, a chance all those years ago. Well, you know, I like to give to the people. But seriously, it's been, honestly, without you, I don't know that I would have made it this far. Actually, I'm pretty sure that I would have had to stop because you kind of came in and saved us in 2010. What with your Cracker Jack, like, editing and, and directing and producing. And you're kind of the reason I'm able to just get in front of a mic and just be me, and which is all I ever wanted to do. 
because I don't have a head for the technical part of this. And honestly, it's a pleasure to have all of my friends, no matter where they are in the world, I can we can all come back to the table like once a week and, and talk. And uh, and that's kind of a cool thing. And I think that's as good of any a note to end this uh, this 400th. That's still insane to say 400th episode for uh, for us here. 400 episodes. So what's 401 going to be like, Jonathan? Uh, probably a lot like this. Okay. I don't think we're have. Like I said, going forward, I don't know that we're we're going to have anything uh, anything planned out. But if we do, we will let you know. Uh, I do know, as Jack and I mentioned, we are going to try and record a House of Cards season three uh, spoiler cast. I will just say, I will do my best to mask my disappointment, and that's all I'll say. Ooh, well, there's a hook right there. Yeah. Um, but until then, on behalf of Lauren Urban, Jonathan Cerna, and the entire Gloop Shark staff, this is Jack Edithel saying good night, good health, and stay tuned for the podcast. Hooray! And that's okay. the end of our show. That's all for this week's episode of Glib Shark. But you can find more swimming around the internet. Go fishing for us on iTunes. We're a five-star catch. Or follow us on Twitter, at Glib Shark. You can even drop us a line, glibshark at gmail.com. Until next week, stay sharky, my friends. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>